May the Brahms be with you and also with you. We lift up our porcelain. Lift it up to the Brahms. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. We're flattered, truly. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, total joke, waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. My name is Chris and I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week I'm joined by the Superfly Space Guy Mac. Yes, you are. The Gore Lover Alexis. Hey, everyone. The Cowardly Creeper Ryan. Hiya. And a new friend who is joining us for a debut tonight. Our guest this week is a longtime listener, first-time podcaster, who has taken on the mantle of our Twitter account. So welcome to the show, Paris. Hey, sweets. As you're well aware, Paris, our whole deal on this show is believing horror is for everyone. So please indulge us. What's your connection to the genre and which flavor of horror is it that you fancy? Excellent question, Chris. So I've been watching horror movies from... Probably an inappropriately young age. Uh, I grew up with a single mom, and in the 90s, it was super cheap to take your kid to the movies and, like, keep them quiet for two hours. So we would see a lot of movies, we started with, like, Disney and stuff, but then she kind of recognized, like, oh, my kid's a little bit smarter than that. So we started seeing, like, PG-13 movies and then eventually found out that we loved horror. Uh, My favorite movies are, like, psychological thrillers. I love something where I can't predict the ending just because... I feel like I've seen so much that a lot of endings you can see coming from a mile away. All right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So what would you say your favorite horror movie is? Probably your next. I love the way that it kind of flipped everything on its head. I also love a final girl. And Erin was the final girl to end all final girls. Alexis, didn't you like, didn't she make your list in the 2020 recap? She sure did. Yeah. She's a bad bitch. She is. I really like her a lot. All right, Paris. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so stoked to have you now. Those of you who have been here with us since the very beginning may remember that in our very early days with a very different team, we spent episode eight covering the 2016 film, The Boy. Well, friends, for episode 84 this week, it's your boy, Brahms. The Boy 2. Now, this film is a follow-up to the original. While we still have the same director and writer for the first movie, we've swapped our girl Greta with a newcomer, portrayed by Katie Holmes. Listener, as always, the first half of this episode will be spoiler-free for this movie, but as it is a sequel, brace yourself, there will be spoiler discussions about the original 2016 film. We've all just left our respective theaters from the first available showing of the sequel in our areas, but none of you here were on the Hacker Slash team when we reviewed the first one. So, lightning round, what's your rating and overall consensus of The Boy? I'll go first. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was cool. It was one of those uh, movies where you didn't know what was going on until the end. Um, So I definitely would have gave it a slash. The end wasn't my favorite. I think it... Once you find out it's a boy, a man, grown man in a wall, I feel like they don't like play it out enough. But yeah, but I would definitely give it a slash. Yep, I'm gonna agree with that. I'm, I go slash. I really enjoyed this first movie. I um, was trying to put off watching it. I for some reason was thinking that the movie we're watching tonight is a was a remake. And then I was like, oh, it's a sequel. I literally have to watch the first one. Um, And I enjoyed it so much. And Chris told me that a lot of people that she knows did not expect the twist that came. And I would agree with that. I was not expecting it. And I thought it was very successful. I, too, would have given the boy a slash. I found it to be enjoyable. I feel like it hit zero to 60 in a good stride and then suddenly went 60 to 100. 
right towards like the last part of the movie. And I just like had this really satisfying speed to it. And the ending was great. Uh, yeah, the boy is definitely a slash. I watched it a few weeks ago and it reminded me that I'm really afraid of creepy doll movies. I kind of forgot that that was a thing because I blocked like all of the child's play movies out of my mind. And I was like, um, that movie looks stupid. It's a creepy doll. That's not scary. I'm going to skip it. And then I watched it alone and I was very scared and I was like, oh yeah, I hate dolls. That's a thing I forgot about. So it was definitely a really well done creepy doll movie. And I was impressed by the way it handled something really commonplace. You know, we have like Annabelle, there's Chucky, there's so many attempts at doing this well. And this was a really good example of how to do it right. Yeah, I mean, this for sure was another tale of a creepy doll. And just for full disclosure, while I enjoyed the latest remake of Child's Play, in general, I'm not a super big fan of creepy doll movies. I kind of think they're lackluster, kind of think they're boring. Dolls aren't a thing that bother me, although my mom does have an affinity for a bunch of porcelain dolls. It's a little (laughs) creepy. It's a little creepy. But folks, let's get into it. Brahms the Boy 2. Given that we all would have rated it a slash, what did you expect from this sequel going into it? So the end of the first one kind of leaves Brahms in an ambiguous place. Like we don't know what happens to him. Like, yeah, it's a dude that lives in the walls. But where did he go? So in this one, I was like, maybe he moves into a new house, figures out how to live in the walls there. And then Katie Holmes moves in. (laughs) maybe he moves into a new house gets a new job builds a family lives a life on the road to recovery (laughs) there you go life outside the walls (laughs) i was kind of expecting the story from the first one as well i totally thought we were going to see it played out again with another family and boy was i surprised yeah actually like when we met this family in the movie i was like oh but i don't want them to die like they're so (laughs) sweet i like these people and that i was definitely expecting just more of the same yeah they were really relatable family yeah they were i'm like (laughs) i'm like you felt for them yeah and she's disciplining her kid the way like no we're done with the doll bye (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't sure because i hadn't seen any um anything about this movie but same as you guys i thought it was just leaving off where i I thought it was a continuation maybe like hey you know this is someone else moves into the home or something i had no idea but i was pleasantly surprised but also i was kind of worried in the beginning when we saw the grudge and it was like the like a weird way to connect the two that I was like, please don't let this be like this again. Because as soon as I saw the house, I'm like, oh, goodness, that's not that house. But what house is that? So, it's the yeah. guest house. <laughs> <laughs> also, a guest house that's really far away. <laughs> they got I mean, money. that's what happens when you're rich. You want to keep your guests at a distance. You can stay in our guest house, but, you know, you can't really come to visit. Sorry. That does make a great Airbnb property, though. But wait, isn't rule number one, no guests? Yes. (laughs) But, I mean, I wonder how that would have worked in the first movie if the guest house is that far away. Is that out of the perimeter threshold? Brahms is like, no, that's okay. That's not what I meant. That's outside of my jurisdiction. No, those humans in the guest house, those are mere peasants. <laughs> so I, I definitely expected a few things from this movie. And I think really what it came down to was expecting a level of quality similar to the first film. Not necessarily yep. that I expected there would be a twist. I didn't expect there to be 
the same amount of tension, but I was hoping that walking away from it, I'd feel the same like, wow, I did not expect what I got. And I also expected plenty of jump scares uh, at the expense of Katie Holmes, who, granted, I have not very, been a very big fan of. I can't remember the last thing I even saw her in beyond like this. I think she was like the president's daughter in a movie, and she kept on saying the word home like excessively. <laughs> this was like early 2000s, I think. You know what's weird is when the movie started, Alexis was like, oh, Katie Holmes. And I was like, oh, I just realized I don't know what Katie Holmes looks like. <laughs> she aged in this. Listen, Wait, she's had some she... maintenance done. She's looking yeah. good. <laughs> wasn't she in a Dark Knight movie? Oh, yeah, she was. One of the Dark Knight movies, yeah, right? she's on one of them. They killed her off in favor of Maggie Gyllenhaal, I think. Mm. Oh, damn. It's like Sorry, one of those Katie. things... <laughs> Where I know her name, like I've heard her name my whole life, and I could not pick her out of a crowd. But now I can. So great. <laughs> I honestly feel like she's most famous for the whole Tom Cruise thing. I agree with oh, that. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. So we had some high expectations, but how'd you guys feel while you were watching it? This movie was a little bit slow. I mean, like, you get this first scene, which I think is like impactful to see where this like family is coming from, the trauma that they had. But I really thought like it was very similar to the first one, really slow in the beginning, and then a lot of action towards the end. This one had a little bit more action, but definitely a little slow in the beginning for me, at least. Yeah, I think I definitely agree a little bit with that. I was like super invested into this movie, though. Like, I think because I just watched the first one and I, I really did enjoy it and I was really connected to all the things happening in that movie and especially with the ending. So then when they came into this one, introduced some characters that I really liked. And then I was like, yo, I don't know where this is going. The only thing I was worried about is like if it was just going to go to like the same house, the same things happening. Um, but once it wasn't that, I was like super in like down for the ride, you know? I, I felt pretty good during it. I mean... I could have seen this being like a like a drama on its own, like no horror element going on. Yeah. And just rooting for this uh this poor affected child to like grow through his trauma and the parents to develop a strong, healthy relationship with him and with each other. <laughs> but uh so that that part was I was like, Oh, go. Yeah. Don't worry about the horror part. Let me just see more of them growing and healing. But no, I it it was a bit so, but I, I think that helped to have that like spike in the beginning. Yeah. Have like some immediate yeah. action, um, you know, that, that kind of gives a little bit momentum moving forward. So you don't feel like totally dragged down for a good 45 minutes to an hour before something super crazy happens. But I, I felt invested, engaged, if you will. I'm going to be honest. I was actually scared again. When mm. the original movie was going on, all of the doll scenes and the jump scares, they really got me. Uh, a little more than I'm willing to admit, but I once they revealed the twist at the end of the first one that it was actually just a guy inside the walls, I was actually a lot less scared because I was like, oh, it's a person. That's something I can understand. It's not this <laughs> mysterious doll that can do I don't know what. So I was like, oh, I'll go into this one and I'll know that the doll has no powers. There's no nothing really to be afraid of with the doll. And that being said, like it still scared me, all of the doll scenes. Um because I also felt like it was going to be following the same rules as the first movie. And this one really kind of maybe elaborated on what we thought the original rules were. So I was scared. I was also a little thrown off guard. But I was also kind of looking for another big twist like the first one landed so well. Guys, just for just for reference, Paris saw a movie in theaters a few weeks ago and saw a trailer for this movie. And texted me saying, ugh, I just saw... Uh, 
a trailer for a really shitty doll movie and then i made him watch the first movie what was your conclusion from that didn't you say you were like actually afraid of dolls yeah uh initially i saw that trailer and i was like oh god this movie looks bad i'm definitely not going to see this and then it was like the boy too and i was like oh i actually do have to see this Fuck. literally going to see so this. i watched the first one and i was like well i'll give it a shot see what it's like and then i was like oh this is actually a really good movie okay so i'm not mad about having to see the sequel let's see where that goes i think this was something where I wasn't sure how I felt about it the whole way through. I found myself enjoying so many moments of it, and I think I was more struck by that. I saw the trailer for this movie, and then I saw the second trailer that came out, and one of the things that I really admired was I think, you know, like Ryan, Mac, you guys hadn't seen The Boy up until, like, today, really. I think if you hadn't, if you hadn't seen the movie, the original, and if you had seen this trailer the trailer would not have ruined the experience of Brahms for you. And I really appreciate it about this trailer. That being said, when I was watching this movie, I found myself remembering the trailer and just really appreciating how all those moments that were shown were reframed in that particular, in this movie. Uh, so I found myself surprised more than anything, just that it didn't go exactly the way I expected it to go. And I was I was really surprised that I felt... Katie Holmes gave a really solid performance. I mean, <laughs> the girl in the first one really sold that for me. Yeah. So there was a really high bar for Katie Holmes. As a side note, uh, the girl in the first one, the actress Lauren in the first one, is one of the main characters on The Walking Dead. And oh, I love her, Maggie. Yeah, but they like forced her to have this horrendous southern accent in the walking dead so like the whole time she's like oh glenn i just love you and so to see her in the first boy not talking like that i was so stoked i was like oh god thank you normal I normal admit, i will admit and and shamefully our listeners can review if they go and check out episode eight it's a pretty big fact that i had a huge crush on her um <laughs> she's so yeah. cute and i i felt like she, the name did not do her justice. I've never personally met a Greta, and uh, mm. I, I don't think that she looked like a Greta at all. Greta's like yeah, a cute I'd Eastern agree. European name. She didn't look <laughs> like a cute Eastern European, though. As much as I was surprised in pleasant ways, I did hit a very disappointing moment in this movie, and it came, as many movies do, at its final climax. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, that being said, what do you guys think? Did the ending leave a good taste in your mouth? No. Nope. Yeah, I, I'm just going to keep going there. The answer is no. If you could see my face at the end of this movie, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> so I had kind of a theory running through the whole movie. And the entire time I was looking for reasons to prove it right. So when the ending came about, I was like, surely this isn't where they're going to leave it. They're going <laughs> to reveal that my thing was actually what was going on. And that's not what happened. So I was kind of like, okay, this is the ending. Despite how how crappy the ending was, at least for me, um, I don't know that it, it was bad enough to, to sink the whole movie. I think there's a lot of positives to spread around in there. But I will say, watching Paris jump <laughs> several times was fantastic. And it honestly made me a little bit sad that I couldn't be there sitting next to Ryan to see if Ryan was jumping. 
uh, Alexis is the person you would mm-hmm. want to sit next to during this movie. How many oh, yeah. Alexis jumps were there? I w- I'd say like a five. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was like one. There was one that was for real me. bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, shit. Alexis got got by an oh, easy one. Yeah, when someone walked by the window, I know. Like, what it, the, the easiest one that there is. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> so was this movie scary for you then? I think the first one was a little bit more scarier than this one. I think this one, I just was trying to figure out like what was going on the entire time or like what 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 the boy was mm. um and comparing it to the first one so um yeah no i wasn't really i, I actually believe it or not this is one that i'm turning all my lights off and going upstairs by myself <laughs> um oh. not by myself like that but i don't need you guys to turn the light off for me just so we're clear we walked in the house and she's like i heard a creak i'm not going upstairs i'm oh, sleeping yeah. at lawns <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> how true that real is real tough on the mics mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, call me out like that. <laughs> I just had to say. Um, I think, so I was thinking about this, right? Like, is this scary? And we definitely jumped like a couple of times. And I think it has to do with what Paris was talking about, where in the first one, you don't know what it is, right? So it's a question of, is it paranormal or is it real, right? And you get an answer. You get, there's literally a 17-year-old or 20-year-old kid or whatever living in the walls, Um and in this one, since you had already had the conclusion to the first one, you you already have a preconceived notion. Yeah. So the whole time you're thinking, oh, this is happening because there's someone there that's doing it. And it it kind of like takes you out of the suspense of it a little bit, I think. Like the doll is a little bit less creepy. Not all the way less creepy, but a little bit less. So I feel like this movie is like a little creepy, but not scary. Yeah, you definitely know? creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, how appropriate coming from the cat with the creeper. Hey, gotta make my namesake worth something. I can agree with Alexis. This movie still scared me, but it wasn't as scary as the first one. I think I kind of was a little more focused on figuring it out this time around. Whereas the first one, I was just along for the ride. Like, what is this? What's going on? Oh, I'm also scared. Um, But yeah, the jump scares, I feel like we're very successful with this movie. And I'm not usually one to fall for jump scares. It might just be my, my fear of creepy dolls though and brahms is probably one of the creepiest with that vacant expression and that perfectly sculpted nose mm, and the very porcelain <laughs> skin yeah <laughs> what i think is interesting is how much atmosphere is created in this movie and i want to surprise you guys a, a little bit here when looking at the team behind this right the director and the writer are the same ones from the original film but the director of photography has worked on The Princess Diaries. Oh, yes. I love that. Hold on. It gets better. Made in Manhattan. <gasps> Independence Day and Stargate. Ooh, what? Interesting. That's a diverse yeah, yeah. body of work. It is, it is. It is. There's definitely some other work in the horror genre. But what's really interesting to me is that even with having such a different approach in terms of like the principal photography in this movie, the essence is it still feels very consistent from the first one did you guys feel that way since you watched it more recently i do feel like it feels really consistent i was actually thinking about that during the movie i was like these feel like they were made at the same time and i I mean i know it's not like a 30-year gap but it's pretty rare that like a sequel seems so similar if it doesn't come out like immediately yeah the same mood it sets the same like tone like all that sort of stuff that conveys in the first one definitely transfers over to the second one i definitely want to give uh, alexis a shout out here for all of our listeners who have been keeping track of our hacker slash drinking game take a shot now because there's actually a tie to stranger things in this movie oh i love to hear it so christopher convery the little boy who plays jude 
He plays young Billy in the latest season of Stranger Things. Huh. In the flashbacks where he's like on the beach with his mom and he seems like such a sweet child. That's yeah, him. I didn't notice that at all. I didn't notice that either. I'm surprised that that slipped past you. So we've been there, done that with creepy dolls. And while Brahms, you know, at least in, in the original, Brahms takes this really interesting, really different turn when you see your boy Brahms busting out of the walls. I think that this movie is kind of like on the edge of having a bunch of cliches and like classic tropes, like, you know, to have the boy that has some kind of trauma and then isn't talking and like the parents are, you know, something happened. They're not necessarily always getting along like those types of things. And then, you know, something's talking to the boy. Like those are kind of common, but they're not like very cliche in this movie. Like they don't like rub you the wrong way. You don't get sick of them. You're not just like, Oh, I've seen this. So they like walk a fine gray line there, but it worked. I am curious, Chris, what you think about this this trope of horror movie dads who are like, stuff's going badly in our lives. Let's go out to the middle of nowhere together. You obviously <laughs> know what I think about this, Mac, and the fucking patriarchy, honestly. It's just, honestly, every horror movie is some dude ruining some woman's life. Hey, man, I will take a countryside vacation if I'm, if I'm having a bad time, okay? Do, uh, Chris does not speak for all of us women. <laughs> <laughs> not all women. Okay, so you let to take a nice countryside vacation to a house where there was a boy living in the walls and also murdered No someone? one knew that. That was not know. on the Airbnb page. That's what I'm saying. It. Sometimes they lie. Sometimes they don't tell you the whole story. I mean, there it wasn't there like a, an article that came out recently about all the sketchiness and shadiness of Airbnbs? It, my point exactly. It's very sketchy. Well. You, you just got to wing it sometimes. Either way, I will say, Ryan, that although I may not speak for all women, and I should not, but the point <laughs> is most horror movies are the men in their lives just gaslighting them and telling them nothing's going wrong. There we go. There we go. Chris was right. Um, <laughs> we, there's a lot to say about this movie, and I'm so excited to get down to the specifics because... I think as we look at how this story unfolds, it does some really different things from the 2016 uh, installment. But let's start winding things down. Before we get into the ratings, Alexis, how many people died in this film? One lonely one. Yeah. Now, if only we also had an object breaking count, that would be something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Ryan, what is the animal report? Dude. I'm sad. Okay. We we had a good streak going. I feel like we've been like two months or something before I had anything to report. So we lost a good boy in this movie. It wasn't great. It was kind of a rough scene. There, it, it's not an on-screen situation, but there is some uh, graphic imagery. And I'm very sad because he was so cute. Ryan, did you say scary. that it was kind of a rough scene? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm, let's go ahead and get into the ratings of this film. Brahms, The Boy 2 from 2020, starting, starring Katie Holmes. Was it a hack or was it a slash? A hack. Um, yes. I don't know. I guess because the first one had so much to live up to. And you think with the same people like on on this film as well. It just seemed a little bit disjointed in the whole story. And I think there's enough paranormal um, puppets and like mannequin and all that sort of stuff movies that I like the idea that you thought it was one thing in the first one. And I wish they continued that story and tr instead of trying to make it 
like some world like other world thing like so i was kind of over that and honestly that was the downfall for me and i kind of ruined it just left a sour taste in my mouth the entire time so yeah so um for me i feel like this is really hard because it i i wouldn't say that this is like a terrible movie and i think you guys would agree like it's it i totally agree that the way they approached the sequel is not something I enjoy. I honestly think that you could watch this movie on its own and not have seen the first one. And it kind of stands alone as its own paranormal horror movie. Um, it gets, it gets difficult, right? At the end of this movie, I literally had my hand in the air, like what I was saying, what just happened out loud. And it is, it's tough ending. It's tough ending to be like, Hey, yeah, you should, you guys should go see this movie. Um, so I'm going to go, hack however it's not terrible but i just it it just i mean it was like so many good elements at the beginning and during the middle and with the story and with the characters and everything and then it just kind of went askew and it wasn't uh it just didn't do it for me didn't do it for me i don't think this movie was a total joke Mm. i do however think it wasted some of my time see yeah the first one set really high expectations i really i really think it was good that the first movie, The Boy. And going into this movie, I had my expectations set for that level mm-hmm. of awesomeness. That being said, like, you know, cinematography wise, it was really cool. Um, acting wise, they did a great job. The whole dynamic with the, the, the son and the parents, although the dad was a dummy for inviting this wrath upon all of them. I don't know. I think, I think the child actor did a great job. I think, you know, I think I don't know. I, I really enjoyed everything up until the ending is, is kind of how I feel about it, which is tough for me to rate this. I'm like literally struggling as I speak right now. But I don't think it was a total waste of time. So I'm gonna give it a little soft slash. Soft slash. That's a pity slash. It's a pity yeah. it's let's call it what it is. It's a it's a it's a drunken pity slash. <laughs> I'm not even drunk, but it's a drunken pity slash. It um, sounds like you're saying something else. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's joke. the point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the party, Alexis. <laughs> But no, I, I enjoyed everything all up until the ending. The ending, hard hack, super bad hack for me. But I, I think the rest of it, you know, I was I was cool with. So I'll I'll give it a, a, a pity slash. So Mag, I do feel similarly to you. And while the ending in this movie certainly did not leave a good taste in my mouth, I think I have rated far worse movies better. And the reality is. Stripping away the bad ending. This is a solid movie with great atmosphere, beautiful cinematography, and excellent continuity in its story. And while it maybe didn't do the things that I was really hoping for from the original, it did you know, leave me with a similar feeling of, wow, okay, this is a sequel that went a different direction, but didn't go so far off the rails that... I was left confused by everything. And ultimately, the performances by uh, Young Jude and Katie Holmes were far too strong for me to give this anything but a slash. I'm with you. I'm with you. The ingredients were there. You know, they changed up, they changed up some of the garnish this time, but the ingredients were still there, and it was a, it was still a decent dish to eat. I think they changed the protein and, like... It's a, it's the same same recipe, sure. different protein use. Here's the yeah. thing, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Like I lived a long time, 
in my adult life, uh, only eating chicken tacos. Noted. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's just, that just was my thing. I didn't really like red meat, wasn't into it. But recently, I started, like, you know, cooking up some uh, some beef with mojo marinade. Okay. And changing up the one thing in my tacos has still been good. It's different, yep. but it's still good. I think this movie is kind of like going from like a delicious taco in in Miami with like <laughs> like like some variation of some pork or some beef with just like some onions and cilantro and everything to like a tofu taco. Like it's still good, but it's say, definitely not the same. Taco Bell still great. Just wouldn't <laughs> you rather the like the better one? <laughs> I don't know. Chicken chalupas from Taco Bell are banging, but mm. I think we have one left. One score left. Okay, so this is my first hacker slash. And um, you're the tiebreaker, so no pressure. It's a t- Oh, it is a tie. Yeah. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> so when I've been listening to this podcast, I've always kind of wondered, like, what is my standard for what a hack or a slash is? And I think I've decided that a slash would be a movie that I insist other people see. Um, there's very few movies for me that are like that, but when I find them, I'm like, this is an incredible movie. You have to see it if you want to be friends with me. Go watch it right now and tell me what you think. So The Boy is absolutely a slash. That movie set a certain expectation. It was like, hey, this is going to be a really bad creepy doll movie. And then surprised me right off the jump. It was like, it's actually much more than that. We've managed to take a tired genre and breathe new life into it, so to speak. Um, And The Boy 2 had a lot of really good things going for it. I was scared. Uh, quite a few times, even though I had already known a lot more information than I did in the first one. So props for that. Most movies don't get that kind of scare out of me, but it really felt like with this one that they did such a good job in the original and were maybe afraid of playing into that and saying like, hey, yeah, it's the guy in the wall again. Um, But as a result, in avoiding what made the movie so good originally, they fell into all of the cliche pitfalls that the genre has like kid with a doll. He's traumatized. He's going to keep it with him. The parents are creeped out by it. They talk to the therapist. We're going to kill the dog. Like it seems like it hit every check mark that the last movie tried to avoid. And even though I was scared, I have to give this one a, a hack. Whoop, whoop. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> no, I agree with you. That's my decision on how I rate things is would I watch it again? And I don't need to watch this again. But let me tell you, the boy I've watched a few times, and including last night. Um, can I just tell you, Paris, uh, I'm glad that you have a concept of like what your hacker slash would be, but it's totally going to change and you're going to contradict yourself. Okay. <laughs> Whenever okay. you hear or hear, you're going to be one day, you're going to be like, man, this doesn't work with everything else I've ever said, but I just had to do it. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> Sometimes you're going to hack something and Chris is going to be like, but you just gave all the reasons to slash it. Why did you hack it? And you're like, cause my name is Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My We're name is Mac and I'm here to hack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should be probably my new Twitter bio. Just saying. Go ahead. Okay, but you slash a lot of movies, so. Hey, don't, you know, don't come for me, all right? <laughs> Do you have a standard? No, I'm kidding. No. Wow. I'm messing wow. with you. I didn't okay. mean it like no, that. Mac's really good at getting in my head and seeing where I'm coming from and then veering left at the last second. <laughs> 
That's usually how that goes. But there yep. you have it, folks. This week, it's it's your boy, Brahms, and he hasn't fared too well. We have two slashes. One of them sounds like a pity slash. One of them's pretty confident. And we have three pretty intense hacks, one of which comes from the newcomer, Paris. Oops. <laughs> hey, man, you're showing up on your first day. Congratulations. Uh, but check this movie out and decide for yourself. Now, uh, while... While we are clearly giving our recommendations, uh, it's still worth it to hear some of the stuff that we have for you coming up in the next half of the episode. We'll see you in a bit. Build a Brahm is the premier capsule clothing collection for the animated inanimate, featuring all your favorite knits for watching a young boy sleep, little suspenders for sitting on a bench, a variety of rain boots for walking through the forest looking for a dog to kill, and our all-new 2020 line of Brahms pajamas, 100% cotton, so your porcelain skin can remain cool and comfortable all night long. Now available at Baby Gap, Gymboree, and Jack and Jill. Brahms pajamas. Hey! All right, welcome back. Brahms, colon, the boy, too, from 2020, has earned two slashes. Well, really, one and a half slash, and three pretty strong hacks. Now, before we get into why we rated the movie this way, Alexis, the gore score? Um, or lack thereof. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't really too much gore. I do have to say, though, two things. The kid getting stabbed... That's who I thought was, like, the second death, but he didn't die, so he's fine. But, like, I didn't really... I thought that, that that had a potential to be a little bit bloody. It just went in, and no kidding, that went through his heart. It was yeah. on his right side. It was, it was on, on the right side. side. Oh, shit. Your heart's on yeah. your left side. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, right. no, guys, no. Kind of like how di- drivers in the UK drive on the other side of the car. Their hearts are on the other side of their bodies. <laughs> yeah. They're in England. It's in the other side. <laughs> Makes sense. It's in the other side. Um, kind of gory was the asshole face of (laughs) (laughs) the butt mouth. He literally had, who the hell designed that shit? Also, I gave it a hack. Um, I spent a lot of time thinking about that because I, there are people that make (laughs) these things in movies, like these monsters and whatever, and they put so much effort into it and it's such an art form. And then when that popped out, I was like, who? (laughs) I could have done better. These were choices that were made. And to be clear, these were choices that were made, and we're talking about the burn doll. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the it was like face. Yeah. Am I? Com- I'm confused. Like it's the doll was like a body inside, or like 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 Chucky. Like Chucky. But who? When? Where? Why? Yeah. yeah. So many well, questions. Do they? Do they? You think they were looking at it and they're like more pucker? Yeah. yeah. A little bit more pucker. Well, all I know is okay. So I've seen these commercials. And I'm pretty sure I was scrolling on Facebook and saw where you can make an asshole, um, like, Mold. cast shape of ch- in chocolate of an asshole. Oh, good Lord. I don't know where I saw this, actually. I doubt yeah. it was on Facebook. Why, why are you like this? <laughs> I'm severely concerned by Alexis's browsing history. And I feel like this is not the first time this has come up. Chris, I'm concerned that you didn't recognize this as a butthole mouth immediately. I and brought it up honestly, and she was like, what? What it was, was I was so caught up thinking about Chucky when Chucky got charred in Child's Play. But then yep. also looking at the weird foggy eye, I wasn't even looking at the mouth. Yeah. Well, oh, I like the maggots. Eye. The maggots. Uh, yeah, the maggot eye was creepy was for sure, but the butthole yeah. mouth but, distracted but, from well, all of it. Well, let's not, let's not like minimize this. 
it didn't make any sense, right? <laughs> like, uh, just so we're clear, there were parts that were cool, there were parts that sucked, but overall, it made zero sense yeah. for there to be a, a body or whatever inside of this thing. Yeah, because we linked it to the last movie in which we see it completely smashed and in nothing inside, yeah, dusty, and then put back together. Well, this one, and now that it's- did the same thing, it completely shattered. That's true. Gosh, yeah, that made no sense. Exactly. Yeah. It, it just every element of it. Guys, they dropped the ball. We're being, you know, you know what this is? Suspension of disbelief. Yep. This is the power of imagination. No. Yeah, imagination land. We've got enough puppets that Imagineer are magical. That. <laughs> that's true. That was actually probably the goriest part of the movie was looking at that butthole face. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that looks like a straight asshole. It was definitely unsettling. <laughs> I didn't want to look at it, but I couldn't stop. <laughs> It's true. I couldn't Ugh. stop because I was like, is he going to try opening that or is he talking? Yeah, I felt like he was going to start talking. <laughs> Hi, mommy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. It's like a charred cr- tickle me Elmo. No. Does anyone, okay, anyone remember the, I was waiting for the last roll to come up. Kiss me goodnight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> Which that rule got really weird when it was a little boy instead of a woman taking care of him. I was like, we're getting strange here, but let's not address it. Let's just let it go. Yes. That's where I suspended my disbelief. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, lack thereof of gore. <laughs> also, side note, if anybody is interested, if you do look at the muscles, like legit muscles that are under your face they are kind of disgusting and you do kind of have a butthole mouth but it doesn't look like the one in this movie speak for yourself um Um, just trust me okay you can google it later there's muscles that go around your mouth that are kind of weird but this movie did not wasn't trying to do it realistically ryan may be our resident graphic designer but before that she was also our resident uh medical consultant doing my best over here Google Google a, a, a skinless face. <laughs> You'll have don't more gore Google than this that at all. Nope, don't do that. Don't do that. A drawing, like a like a diagram. You know, come on. Well, then it's why great. doesn't Freddy Krueger have a butthole right. mouth? Maybe he should. Because it doesn't look good. Well, <laughs> That's why they shouldn't no. have done it in this movie. It doesn't market well. The, <laughs> the 2010 <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. He kind of has a butthole mouth. Yeah, That's true. Because it's kind of real. Yeah, dirty mouth. Kind of weird. Now. So the movie is not gory. I will say that I, my favorite moment uh, in terms of like just violence in this movie was the kid getting impaled, which uh, I don't yeah. I don't feel proud saying out loud now that I think <laughs> about it. But that was probably one of the best moments of this whole movie for you. For the for dude, me. he does he deserved it. He was the little butt. I don't like him. What did you there say? Was he was a little scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the mind. They set that one up so far in advance that it wasn't even fulfilling when it happened they were like oh here's a metal or a wooden spike sticking out of the ground and this kid's being an asshole i yeah. wonder what's gonna happen let's cut back to katie holmes drinking wine with her friend <laughs> i don't know i just like it's not even about having to be surprised it was more like your uppins will come and boy did it come mm. I also liked when the doll turned, like, you know, like he engaged in that moment. It wasn't just like some random thing that happened again. Which he never did in the original. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Because so. it was literally a person. Yeah, we. the thing is, like, in this movie, so, like, in the first one, you can kind of wrap your head around the concept of, like, 
a man coming out of the walls. There's all these hidden crawl spaces and everything comes out, moves the doll, you know, and the doll does weird things. He's there doing it. Right. But then in this one, they're like, wait, he didn't like, there's nobody jumping out to like turn the head or anything. I really thought it was going to be a guy because when the table flipped, I was like, yep, it's someone same when they were, I don't know if it was before or after, but the scene where the kid gets impaled, mm-hmm. I really thought the, the the Brahms is sitting there, but I'm like the real one's about to come out right now. I was just wait every scene. I was waiting I for a guy to actually come out and this not be some supernatural thing. But so earlier I mentioned that I had a theory about what was going to happen in this movie and the twists, and I let Chris know early on because I wanted to be right and I wanted her to know how early I called it. Um, and I wanted him to be right because this would have made a better movie. So hear me out, Brahms yes. in the last movie. We don't know what happens to him. He ventures out into the world, gets some surgery to fix his burns, marries Katie Holmes, and is the dad in this movie. Yeah. Because if you look at it, the dad is the reason they went back to that house. He's missing from almost every scene where Brahms is doing stuff. And I could easily see him like luring his family back there so he could like get his kid to like play the games that he played as a child. Um, and then I was even trying to like justify it in that I was like, oh, well, when he rebuilt Brahms, he put in like some animatronics so he can like move the eyes and move the head and shit. But I was really reaching there. No, I really thought there was some animatronics in there. Yeah. I was like, this is a Chucky. Yep. When they, when it was, when you get the scene of him being rebuilt in the, in, in the first one, and then of course we revisit it later in this one, but when you get him seeing rebuilt and you see him physically like moving the eyes in his head and this one, I was like, oh, he like totally put cameras and stuff inside it. That's exactly. why it's moving this time. I was like, I get it. He's getting a bit more high tech. I like it. Meanwhile, nope. Just just some just some baloney. Just a couple yeah. buttholes here and there. <laughs> make it move. Just some old myth that goes back. I mean, there's not even yeah. a like reason. There's no like they oh, what created the, this. Dude, they ran through the history so fast, right? They <laughs> they sense. just they just run into a guy in the hospital and he's like, "Oh yeah, you don't know um every historical thing about this estate <laughs> out in the countryside? Hold on, I'll tell you. Here you go. Here's uh the 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 1900s, the 50s, the 60s. Here's what happened then." And it's just like, "Oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for wrapping all that up for us real quick. I really appreciate it." So here's but, the thing. Here's a couple moments where I was happy in this movie. A, when Katie Holmes started to Google. Because I was like, there's no fucking way this chick made it out in the first movie. And nobody knows about a fucking 30-year-old man living in the walls. I was okay, disappointed she, that she stopped Googling. But I was happy to yes. see that she finished. Yes, yes, yes. Because she started and looked at it and then saw the weird stuff. And then didn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, the history did get run through very quickly by this random guy, but I also appreciated that everybody around there knows the deal with this uh, with this house. Now, here's my stance on, on Brahms, the boy. The dad is missing from so many scenes that I think everything that we see with Brahms moving doesn't actually happen. It's all projection and a manifestation of the psychosis of Jude, or the trauma of his mother. I think that's what it is. You're sure. getting real Baba Duck on You're us getting right deep. now. Mm-hmm. I don't Chris. know. I don't know, Chris. There's. I don't feel like there's. Unless you have some specifics, I don't. In in the Baba Duck, when you brought that up, I was like, oh wow, that's incredible. That makes a lot of sense. I no, don't but think... here's the thing: like the dad is not around, so every time we see Brahms do something, it is because Jude is looking at him, or the mother is looking at him, and that's it. And then the dad comes in from the other room and he's like, oh, you're probably just imagining things. Exactly, because I'm a typical horror movie dad. (laughs) But in the first one, the dad seemed to have less of the 
of the relationship with him as well. So it it always kind of seems to be woman, motherly, like have a maternal focus. That's for true. Sure. For sure. But either way, this in this movie, uh, Katie Holmes and Jude, they both experience something so horrific in the absence of the husband, dad, whatever. They experience that trauma. They're clearly not processing and dealing with it well. And this movie is just a reflection in the storytelling of how they work through that. And spoiler alert, they're not working through it pretty well at all. They, they kind of <laughs> suck at it, really. But every time we see Brahms doing something, it's really just because he's interacting with them. It's not like he's just running around amok without being in the peripheral view of any of the characters. Even when we see him go into the room, Katie Holmes is like kind of following along behind him. I mean, I get what you're saying, Chris. They kind of did the same thing in the first movie where the only time that Brahms actually was shown moving or doing something spooky was when Greta was dreaming. So it kind of allowed them to play with what he can and can't do without actually changing the rules of this. That's actually just a dude in the walls. But this time around, it didn't seem like the ending didn't justify that being how it happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And And I don't disagree with that, except for... With the exception of the father being there. And again, I have problems with the ending. So the ending screws it all up. But even when you look at that, you see you see Katie Holmes, you see Crazy Joe, and you see Jude. All right? All three of them affected and afflicted by Brahms in one way or another. The dad being there fucks it all up. Poor poor choice for filmmaking, in my opinion. The ending, like, levitating Joe is just, like, a, a trashy moment. I was like, what is happening right <laughs> Dude, now? Dude, I thought it was going to go all, like, uh, religious, spiritual. Yes, me too. Supernatural at that point. And I was I was literally going to be pissed. I was going to come up here and bash the crap out of this movie. Because I hate, I hate that it's, like, a quick out for movies to just go this, like, weird spiritual thing, like, for horror movies. And I hate it. But um, Satan... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, oh, 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 it was Satan the whole time. Like, what? It doesn't even make sense. But anyway, <laughs> I do also think that, like, there was a lot of opportunity. Like, Paris was talking about his theory. There's a lot of opportunity for, like, random theories, especially if you're people like, evidently, us and probably Mackenzie, where, like, you're kind of trying to figure it out the whole time or, like, kind of predict it. So it was like, Joe could be grown up uh, Brahms. The husband could have been grown up Brahms. Just all these different things. Um, and I just wished they had gone one of those ways. Ryan, I was literally looking for anybody with a beard to be grown up Brahms. Oh, yeah. The guy in the hospital? Yeah, the guy in the hospital had like, a beard. Oh, and I was like, is that him? That must be him. I did the same thing. I was like, that's got to be Brahms. <laughs> literally not Brahms. I did think that I did think that dad could be. Because Brahms is, is in 2020 in his late 30s. And I was like, oh, he could totally pull that off. But unfortunately, we were wrong. I mean, like, looking at the math of that, though, like, in 2016, when that movie came out, like, the yep. whole idea is that Brahms had been living in the walls for 30 years. That puts him at at least a minimum of, like, 38 years old. Then he would have had to escape, get whatever done to his body, then meet Katie Holmes, then marry Katie Holmes, and then have a kid yep. with Katie Holmes, then raise the kid with Katie Holmes. <laughs> Listen, Wait, Katie Holmes so he was, I thought he was in the walls for 20 years. He was the- born in 1983 and, and supposedly died in 1991. I thought they were like, oh, it's been twenty. Oh, it's been twenty they, years since his they death. Show his, they show his I tombstone. See, I see, I see. Eighty-three to ninety-one. Before he faked his death, obviously, or grave marker, not tombstone. I'm sorry. Well, he did die. I guess. Yeah, well, I guess he there really was did no die. Brahms. He did later. Oh man. 
I mean, did he really though? Like Crazy Joe says he's dead. Hmm. Also, who is Crazy Joe even? He wasn't even in the first one. Who exactly. is anyone? <laughs> who is exactly. anyone in this? None of them are Brahms. <laughs> so the question is, did the guy that was acting as Brahms in the first one, does he live? Is he dead? Is yeah. he gone? Mm-hmm. He has nothing to do with it. It's all just been a spirit the whole time. Right. Did they name him Brahms because they were affected by Brahms? Yeah, who came first? The name of the child Brahms or the name of the doll Brahms? This is more right. for me. <laughs> I w- I, you know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping for a number three. No. Where the kid becomes but Brahms. Wait, but no, but wait. Yes. I want a number three with a retcon number two, but not completely. They just kind of show the crazy parts were actually crazy parts. Okay, so here it is. Here's so number, number three, three gets back to like normal. So here's number three. The kid becomes Brahms, meets the Brahms from the first movie that was living in the walls as an old man, yeah. learns from him, mm. right? Learns that it's not a spirit, it's just him, and then yeah. goes on. That's what it is. Gets yeah. rid of the spirits. Basically, Brahms becomes Obi-Wan, Jude becomes Anakin. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like... They gotta fight the dark a, side. A Jedi Council of Brahms. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, Brahms and Brahms? Nice to meet you. That's oh, a good Brahms match. May you the Brahms there. be with you and also <laughs> with you. Oh, God. We are the worst people. We lift up our existed. porcelain. Lift it up to the Brahms. <laughs> the Brahms has ended. Go now in peace. It was super funny um, to see one of the parts where uh, Katie Holmes is looking up the, like, bot, like, the... Um, the, <laughs> the code from the, the code, of the yeah. and Mac is like, "Turn it over, turn it yeah. over." <laughs> it took her thirty minutes. Yeah, it was an, obviously an upside down logo, yeah. and then she just read the words standard. I was like, clearly, it's all upside down, but okay. And what does it matter if you find out what kind of doll he is? And also, why wouldn't you try both? You know, well, right? And why yeah. would you write it so large on a torn sheet of paper? <laughs> <laughs> also, another thing that didn't make sense. It was like all this relation to the previous family, but then like the doll doesn't matter because it's yeah. just a doll yeah, with exactly. some body in it or something. The doll predates everything somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm poking holes out here in this story, yeah. y'all, okay? Ross. Defending my mm-hmm. hack. You're poking buttholes in this story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, clearly, there are faults with this movie, but we can all agree that there are some fun parts with, scattered within it. Now, when you think visually, I know your mind is drawn to the inevitable buttholes, but... What was your favorite visual <laughs> element? I really liked one thing that they brought back from the original was their use of transitions, like crossfades between certain scenes. Um, in this one, there was a scene where it showed Brahms and then it faded into a scene where his eye became the sun. And then mm-hmm. later on, there was a scene where like it was, I think it was like a silhouette in a hallway or something ominous. And then it transitioned, it like crossfaded into Katie Holmes walking down a hallway. And I thought that they did that really well. Um, it didn't save the movie by any means, but it was a really nice touch. It was an artistic choice that played off really well with the movie and the vibe. Yeah, I, de- I, l- I like those scenes. My least favorite, though, was probably when it transitioned, like when she saw Brahms and the camera was like shaking for some reason. I was like, what is going on here? And he went into the room and like locked her the door. psychosis. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's her trauma. Nah. There he goes. No, oh, no. I'm going into my other personality. Um. <laughs> it's kind of like in Jaws when the whole fucking shark thing is happening at the beach and they do that um, zoom and push at the same time. Like they do the pushing and they zoom out. The and it's like, Whoa. That's this, except with like a wavy effect. I, I love the whole like push and zoom out effect though. Because it, it's it's kind of like this where like you feel that stress. Yeah, I loved it. I appreciated when they went back into the house and she was trying to find Jude. And she was going um, through the like mazes in the back, which I thought were pretty neat. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was my favorite. I liked seeing all that. I was wondering, I was waiting for the body of Brahms to show up there. Oh. I was waiting for her to accidentally shoot her son in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> oh. That's really what I thought they were building up to there because they look alike. She would see him like down this like spooky hallway, like not really have a clear picture and then just like shoot at it to destroy it and actually realize she killed her son. Also, can I say I'm disappointed that nobody in this movie took the moment to say, hey, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> when she was running through the, the, those like spider webs or cobwebs or whatever they were in there, Stressful. I was like, she's going to get a face full. It's got to happen. Look at them. They're like, like four inches thick. And I would then, not you be crawling in there, even if my kid was in there. Yeah, she sorry. went right in. She had no hesitation. No, thank you. I actually visually, I love the sequence of the robbery. I, I love when like oh she walks on the stairs and you can see the robber in the background just kind of appear behind the stairs. It was really good. That was a good shot. And then when mm-hmm. she when they turn to face uh, little Jude and he's like, "Mom, what are you doing?" Like, "No, don't know." And then you'd, like the the lights come on and you like you see them. Just a great sequence of events. And Jude runs for the alarm like a good boy. Yeah. That was there. a terrifying moment. Yeah. And oh, to yeah, see her so well fighting done. back like that, like she was yeah. going at it. It was well done right there. Like she was like going at their faces, which is apparently oh, yeah. what you're supposed to do. But she's apparently. badass in this. Yeah. That 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 first scene that like I think set the stage for like what we might see in this movie. Uh you know, because it was they play did darkness really well, I think, in both of these movies. Especially in the crawl spaces, there were some really crazy dark scenes um that I think played really well. But that just like first scene just showed like we're we're gonna be able to handle darkness really well. Yeah, it was so good. And then it also built this character that's like really strong, even though something's happened, which is like, you know, I think a lot of people think they're going to behave a certain way in in those situations. But like the strength that like makes you fight back in that is also what makes it like hard for you to like accept it and heal from it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it really helped for the character development. I think you guys are right. That first scene really set the tone for this movie. Unfortunately, it felt like almost a bait and switch in that (laughs) you see that strong, like tall silhouette in the background in the shadows and you're like oh it's Brahms it's the guy this is how it's all gonna go down because you're already thinking about that from the last movie and then they're like actually it's not we're gonna change everything we said about the last movie and hit you with this instead it's not your boy Brahms. they also started first with the silhouette of the boy at the very beginning mm, like one yeah. of those very first scenes yeah. which was so good and we were all just like oh like the whole theater, all six of us <laughs> were like, <gasps> and then, you know, a oh few gosh, minutes later, six of us too. Yeah. <laughs> a few minutes later, we get the same silhouette, but you know, an actual danger instead of just our son playing games. So he's all grown up. Mm. <laughs> that happened fast. While there are a lot of beautiful moments in this movie and impaling is aside and, and creepy Brahms mask aside, I was disappointed that original Brahms never came to light. And it just reminds me of this point, and and I'm curious to get your thoughts. Paris has a certain affinity for for OG Brahms. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Like I said before, when it was the creepy doll, before we found out it was a dude in the wall, I was very scared. And then he comes out of the wall, and I was like, well, he's kind of (laughs) cute. What's so scary about that? Okay, He puts his hands on the side of the mirror. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. He was... Very hairy. Okay, front and he back, had a whole good bunch of chest hair. hair. Good, 
He had a solid beard game. He was visibly tall. I was like, you know, this is a lot less threatening. His head also sat like a foot in front of his chest because he was like growth was stunted. He had his clothes were soiled. This is who are you? (laughs) I googled the actor afterwards, and he's not as cute without the mask on. I'll say that. Uh, Was he cute with the mask on? The mask left potential, you know? He could have had a really good nose under there. We need to have a conversation about your preferences. Don't you hate when that happens, though? And you think someone's cute? And then they take their mask off? No, their mask, or they smile and you see their teeth. And they're, Mm, I mean, I can deal with not perfect teeth, but jack the fuck up. I was like, damn. I think all he's saying is that we can take him from crawlspace bear to, you know, maybe guest house otter. I'm yeah, just saying, he would have been a great candidate for a makeover. Ryan, the, Ryan, I think you have no leg to stand on since you loved Freddy Krueger. I know, but the chest there hair that go. peeks out the shirt, man, that's some. That's you don't nasty. like hair, I don't disagree right? with you. I hate body that hair. That long? Oh, I love hair. Alexis was Brahms hot. Yes, he was. I would agree when you said what? that. I looked, and then he had this like nice like beard. He was yes. partially hunchback. <laughs> he lived in a crawl space. He was also wearing a cardigan, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. Oh, and it yeah. was like yeah. he's nicely it was like dressed. Doo-doo spread all over the back of it. It was <laughs> gross. Oh, Stop. I'm what is makeover. wrong with you guys? Let's give him a makeover. He's gonna be a ten. <laughs> Maybe a nine. Oh my god, you people are crazy. <laughs> we like mysterious so men. Here's clearly. the thing, Ryan. I thought this was crazy as well when when he first texted me. Um, and and really, when you look back at it, I think you called him like you called him a daddy, didn't Brahms you? is a daddy. Yeah, no. I stand so by that. Brahms, when you look back on the rules, it kind of changes the whole context of the first movie because oh. Brahms is a dom who just wants to be a sub. Ooh. That's really that's all it was. But anyway, so Ryan, no, I agree with you. I like I think he was disgusting. Like body hair so disgusting. the hell out. But <laughs> He's I, I was I was watching today a supercut on YouTube of all the times that Brahms the doll showed up. And the first comment was dot dot dot. But did anyone else think that Brahms was low-key hot when he was revealed? Bro. <laughs> this is the first reply to that comment? You mean high-key hot? Vindication. I don't understand. There was, there's no, okay, first off, he lives in the walls, right? So there's no, there's no muscle composition on his body. What do you mean? You know? He had to go up and down the steps oh, through little things. Oh, yeah. so hard. So hard. <laughs> he man's was eating a fr- food out the freezer with a microwave every day, okay? I, I, just, I just can't. I can't. I don't understand Listen, you being people. tall and having a beard gets you very far. That is very true. <laughs> you can be ugly and grow a beard and be ten times hotter. Do you know how much stuff is probably in that nasty beard? <laughs> Ugh, that beard that almost connected to his Ew. chest hair. Ugh. <laughs> Max over here sitting here with a beard right now like oh it's the curly hair he just pulled up a picture it's the curly hair that got you guys that's what it is it was it was cute oh it's the curls Brahms had good hair I would be curious to know if any of our listeners agree with these two knuckleheads who uh think Brahms is a hottie uh please that should be the new listener question it was Brahms hot Please Forget don't the boy be. Too, but was Brahms no, hot. I'm looking at a photo right now. It's the emo hair, the yeah, emo the curly hair. hair over the Anything side. Anything emo is hot to Alexis. Yes. <laughs> um, listeners, please don't be like when I we asked for your opinions on creep and everyone disagreed with me. Okay, please be on my side here. I deserve this. I put in a lot of hard work here. I've been making a good argument. He's not a daddy. It's gross. 
I'm, I feel like this whole conversation is just a plus one for me having dark curly hair. So. <laughs> Let's put the mask on you. Yeah, don't do the mask, though. <laughs> that would be a great Halloween costume. He says, twirling his uh, finger, his hair <laughs> on his fingers. The mask does remind me of the mask from Hush, and I do enjoy that. Yes, oh, it yes. really does. Yeah. Yep. All right, folks. So the team is split not only on this movie, but also the sex appeal of Brahms, which is not a place I thought we would get to. But we have to know your thoughts on both of those subjects. 1.5 of us gave us a slash. Uh, one of those slashes came out of pity, so we're knocking it down a peg. But three of us gave it a hack. But really what this comes down to is your perspective and what you thought of this movie. So keep in mind that we want to hear your thoughts. And there are a number of ways you can reach out to us. First and foremost at our website, www.hackerslash.com. And on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also hit us up at the hacker slash hotline. You can text us, call us, leave us a voicemail or an audio message. Number is 757-606-0128. And if you've been living in the walls of your house for the last 20 to 30 years, but somehow still have access to email, you can send us an email to feedback at hackerslash.com. We'll see you next time. Bye.